Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I think there's a cynical view of privacy these days that the battle's over. We've lost. There is no privacy and maybe we should just come to grips with it. I hope that's not the case. Uh, but I can see where, where the pessimist uh, view would come from. So here's an interesting story. This is coming out of uh, the big CES uh, electronics show in Las Vegas. And, and it sort of speaks to a question of how much privacy are we willingly willing to hand over? Now, there's a lot perhaps going on that we're not aware of. I mean, there's a story this week Vice News did uh, looking at uh, U.S. cell phone carriers and their willingness to sell data. Someone was able to pay $300. Uh, to gain information about uh, a cell phone, to be able to track somebody, right? Which is pretty shocking. If someone wanted to track you down, they hand over a few hundred bucks and be able to isolate the location of your cell phone. I mean, it's, it's frightening. So there's an example maybe of what we don't know about. But here's where people are being asked to make kind of a trade-off. Uh, So CES, as this article at TheVerge.com points out, it's always a show about the future of TVs. And this year is particularly interesting. Not only are 4K HDR TVs better and cheaper than ever, the software side of things is opening up in unprecedented ways. So the technology is pretty impressive. And, And maybe if you're in the TV business, you want to give people a reason to sit down and watch programs on their TV as opposed to, you know, on their phones or or tablets. But where the privacy trade-off potentially comes into play here is in the information that's being collected uh, through these smart TVs about your viewing habits. That information has value. There are companies that certainly want to know the shows that people are interested in, what people are watching, how long people are watching for. So would you be prepared to take that trade-off where the value of your data can be used to offset the price of the TV. If you could get one of these amazing TVs for a cheaper price and the trade-off being that that's offset by the value of your information, are people willing to take that deal? Joining us for some thoughts is Tom Keenan, professor at the University of Calgary, fellow of the Canadian Global Affairs Institute, author of the best-selling book, Techno Creep, The Surrender of Privacy and the Capitalization of Intimacy. Tom, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. Well, this is kind of cutting to the heart of, of what you wrote about, where yeah. you know technology and privacy is creating all these, these challenges. You know, it goes back at least five years because Techno Creep was 2014 when I wrote it or brought it out. I was at a conference, and this Korean guy got up, young man, and he said, I don't like wearing clothes around the house. And I was sitting in the press room, and all the reporters are like, who cares, right? And he said, but I get worried when my girlfriend walks around naked because we have a smart TV, and it can be watching her. 
And we all looked up like, what are you talking about? And this guy, his name was Beast Lee. Beast showed us how to change the Samsung Smart TV so that it could actually spy on you. So my first suggestion, if you don't use your TV, the camera in your TV, that little pinhole thing, go get a piece of tape and cover it up now because Beast Lee and his friends, that hole was patched, but there might be other ones. Wow. Uh, so here we've got the, uh, you know, the head of a company, Vizio, yep. basically coming right out and admitting that, yeah, we sell this data. And if we didn't sell this data, the TVs would, would cost a lot more. So pick your poison, I guess. You know, that's absolutely true. And a lot of people are amazed. I mean, I get emails every day and there's 4K 55-inch TVs for a few hundred dollars. And you got to wonder, yeah, how do they make any money? And uh, Bill Baxter from Vizio, one of the manufacturers, was quoted as saying, we make a really slim margin, maybe 6% on these TVs. But it's the downstream part that we're interested in. So there's your viewing habits. Uh, there have been some technologies that have been patented, actually. I think Microsoft patented one to know how many people are sitting in front of the TV. Why is that important? Well, you know, you could charge per view of a movie if there's three people watching charge for three. The other thing I heard about that was really weird is watching where people sit. So if you're able to locate them, if they're moving closer together, maybe they're, you know, getting snuggly and you, you might want to send them something related to romance. If they're moving farther apart, you might want to send them an ad for a marriage counselor or something. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of this that goes on. I mean, Netflix, for example, they have all kinds of data about uh, their users and, and their viewing habits, right? Yeah, absolutely, and they sell it. And you know, this, I should mention this isn't that new. It was a good 30 years ago that I investigated getting the license plate number and registered owner of everyone in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And I remember pretty clearly that they wanted $125, which was the cost of duplicating the tape. And we did actually go and get it. And we were looking for people like Robert Kennedy and so on. We ultimately found that almost everybody who's a celebrity has their car through a law firm or something like that. So we didn't actually get any juicy home addresses. But, you know, the point is the government gives away data, too, or sells data. And we need to think about that. Well, it's interesting because CES is really a you know a platform for these companies to show off their technology. There was a good article uh, at Mashable.com on how you know the one thing missing from CES has been any kind of a conversation about privacy issues. That I guess this really isn't the platform for for that kind of conversation. I guess you know, you're, you're more likely to find a blase attitude at this event. It's. That's what they like to think, and I don't go to CES. I mean, it's a great product show. I'd love to be there, but I focus on the hacker conferences like yeah. DEF CON and, and Black Hat. But I can tell you that it's going to be forced on them. First of all, the new legislation in the EU, the GDPR, makes companies liable for privacy invasions in a whole new way. And the other thing is, I don't know if you caught this little story of some people uh, at CES who won a prize for their innovative robotic technology. And I have to speak a little obscurely here, but it had to do with female pleasure. And uh, you can look it up mm. on the Internet. And they, their award was stripped from them. Okay, They were stripped 
of their award because they said, well, this isn't really a robot. It's a female pleasure device, but not a robot. And, and the woman was interviewed recently, and she said, well, you know, male devices are there on the floor. Why shouldn't female ones? And it gets into that whole area of a very intimate kind of privacy because there was a very high-profile class action lawsuit a couple of years ago from an Ottawa-based company that made the WeVibe vibrator. So I guess what I'm answering to your question <laughs> is, Privacy is going to get talked about at CES, whether they intend to or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, facial recognition, that, that's been a big, um, you know, big feature this year in a lot of the new technology. And I mean, facial yeah. recognition, I mean, that creates some obvious privacy challenges. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, the, there was a great old story we did have uh, out of Hong Kong where they, they wanted to clean up the streets. So there was like people spitting out gum and spitting out cigarette butts. So they paid a bunch of students wearing gloves to pick up these biological samples, and they did a partial DNA analysis of them. And if you spit out a piece of gum, you might be walking by there and you see an image that looks a lot like you with a message in Chinese that said, shameful criminal spit out, you know, chewing gum here last Thursday. And it wasn't exactly you, but they, from the partial DNA sequencing, they got enough to know if you had curly hair, straight hair, whatever, and they could kind of guess the rest. So we call that DNA shaming. And I mean, you know, just even something like you spit out like a piece of gum has a lot of information on you. It's pretty crazy. And, and as you say, I mean, you, you like to go to these hacker conferences and, and that speaks to the vulnerability side. I mean, there's the, you know, the question of what we're bringing into our homes, what these companies are, are asking us to sign over, whether we're reading the, the, the fine print. But when you talk about the vulnerability of these technologies, the ability of, of hackers to, yep. to find out information about us, that's where it can get kind of scary. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's just about everything is subject to a breach. There was a big debate down in Australia. They were going to a national health care number, and they had a period for people to opt out. And they said, you really shouldn't, because, you know, if you happen to get ill in a different state in Australia, you'll be covered. And a lot of people said, I don't want this. I don't want the government to have my health data, because I know it's going to get hacked. Every other database you've had has been hacked, so why wouldn't that be? So, you know, that's certainly a danger. And, of course, when I bring technology into my life, I research it. So I got a ring doorbell, and I did a pretty thorough research and found that in certain error conditions, it was sending a snippet of the audio from your doorbell to a website in China, and nobody knows why. So sometimes when we dig into the code on these things, we find the weirdest stuff. But I had a lot of fun with that doorbell. I actually you know, recorded everybody who came to my door, and this young couple who were canvassing for something, you know, they had clipboards, came to my door. I didn't answer the door, but I looked at the video later, and they had a very beautiful discussion on my door. The guy liked it. He said, it's, it's like gothic, it's medieval, it's like a hobbit door. And the girl said, I think it's creepy. So, so I blocked out their faces just for fun. I blocked out their faces, edited the video, and put it on television. So somewhere, two people who didn't know they were being recorded when they were on my doorstep had a conversation which wound up being on television. And by the way, that, that's uh, an Amazon company now, isn't it? Uh-huh. I believe it is. Yep. It is. Well, as you say, the book is coming up on five years, still, uh, still very relevant. Uh, Techno Creep, The Surrender of Privacy, The Capitalization of Intimacy. Uh, Tom Keenan, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you, Rob. Okay. All right. Take care. Uh, Tom Keenan, uh, professor of the University of Calgary, uh, fellow of the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. Uh, the book Techno Creep, you can also follow him on Twitter at Dr. Future, D-R Future. Uh, speaking of Ring... The story this week about how employees at Amazon's Ring have been spying on customers. It's a little creepy, isn't it? 
Story here from the New York Post. If you own a ring doorbell camera system, we got some bad news. Uh, the smart home company owned by Amazon, which Amazon paid more than a billion dollars to acquire, has apparently been violating its customers' privacy in a pretty shocking way. A new report from The Intercept quotes unnamed sources who have uh, confirmed that engineers and executives at Ring have highly privileged access to live customer camera feeds, utilizing both Ring's doorbells as well as its in-home cameras. All that's apparently required to tap into the live feeds is a customer's email address. Meaning the company has been so egregiously lax when it comes to security and privacy that even people outside the company could have potentially done this merely using an email address to begin spying on customers. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.